I think there's something very distinctive about public power as distinct from private power. That is, political power as distinct from economic power. And there's a lot of tendency today amongst the number of, I mean, amongst social scientists to equate power with material power. And I think there's a very distinctive type of power, political power, that is generated through the drawing together of a people in a collectivity. And, they, and that gives them a discrete sense of power. And constitutional ordering is about the harnessing of that power through institutional arrangements that, that build up an authority structure that enables a collective entity, a people, a nation, a state, whatever one calls it, to define their sovereign existence to govern themselves, even though, in reality, the real choices that they have in the world are constrained by the economic forces that increasingly determine the conditions of their lives. Generally speaking, we divide law into two different categories, public law and private law. Public law deals with the law regarding the institutions of government and the relations between those institutions and their relations with individual citizens. Private law is concerned with the relationship between individual citizens. As a scholarly discipline, the discipline of public law was created at the LSE. Harold Lasky, having spent five years in North America, where there's a very close connection between law and politics, comes to the LSE in 1920. And although Lasky is a political scientist, he recognizes that law borders all of the elements of his discipline. And he writes a number of very influential monographs on sovereignty, on authority in the modern state, most importantly, he influences two disciples, William Robson and Ivor Jennings, who develop the concept of public law throughout the 1920s and 1930s here at the LSE. They write all of the critical texts on the law of public health, on housing, on planning control, on public transport, on economic development, and then in the post-war period, the legal foundations of the welfare state, nationalized industries and such like. And it's their work and their style of work that has been highly influential in marking a distinctive LSE approach to the subject because they were very skeptical of abstract concepts. They viewed law purely as an instrument, an instrument that could be used for good or ill but they wanted to use that instrument, that legislative instrument, to promote public good through using social legislation to improve the welfare of society. So their, their legal philosophy was tied to a, ver a very distinctive political approach. What I've been trying to do, I suppose, is to carry on that tradition in rather different social, economic, and political circumstances. I spent most of the period of the 1980s and through to the mid-1990s studying central local government relations. And what had happened was that in 1979 we had the Thatcherite revolution. Through four successive terms of conservative government, we saw the dismantling of the central local government compact that had been built up over the previous 
80 years of the 20th century. And with the breakup of that central local compact, we see the destruction of collectivism as an organizational principle. What I spent the next 15 years of my academic life primarily doing was studying the changes that were taking place through local government financial mechanisms, through educational reforms, housing reforms, public transport, economic development, audit, audit reforms. And what we see during that process is a breaking up of the central local compact as the facilitative legislation that had characterized the style of legislation laying down the powers of local authorities to deliver these public services was destroyed and to be replaced by directive legislation that broke up the principle of collective uh, action, cross-subsidization, and reduced the services insofar as they were not privatized. They reduced the services that remained within the public sector by subjecting them to market-based disciplines. And this is a fundamental shift in the whole structure of the organization of public services. That means that the, that the entire tradition of the functionalist style has, has no uh, viability really any longer. The question then is what's our response? Some of my esteemed colleagues uh, would define themselves as regulatory lawyers, they study a new species of public law that has evolved over the last 20 or 30 years or so, the concept of regulation as a particular technique and style of government. That's one type of response. I probably have escaped to an academic orientation of studying the history and the philosophy and the conceptual framework through which we understand our subject.